0: Welcome, everybody. My name is Mikhail Nasrani, and this is Islam for Christians. Episode 12, Hadith, The Five Pillars. Just as I will try to read a part of the Quran every month, I want to do the same thing with the Hadith. I briefly went over the concept of Hadith in a previous episode, but for those who have not heard it, here is my brief explanation of what a Hadith is. The Hadith is a collection of the sayings and deeds of the Prophet Muhammad, particularly important in creating Islamic law and giving context to elements of the Quran. In Islamic fashion, this is more of a history exercise than a literary one, so there is no overarching narrative of the reports. In fact, many reports are found in multiple Hadith collections. A standard Hadith has two parts. The first is the Isnad, Or chain of reporters. It's critical that the chain of custody, so to speak, go back to a companion of the prophet or somebody that you knew was actually there. Like the canonization of the gospels, this became necessary as people began to make things up to support a political or a theological position. All hadith are now classified as saheh, hasan, or daif. In English, that's sound, good, and weak. The second part is the story itself, which is usually not too long. Here's an example of a common hadith. This is the one where the famous five pillars of Islam comes from. On the authority of Abi Abd-ir-Rahman Abdullah, the son of Umar ibn al-Khattab, who said, I heard the messenger of Allah say, Islam has been built on five pillars testifying that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah establishing the salah which is prayer paying the zakat it's kind of like the poor tax making the hajj pilgrimage to the house and fasting during Ramadan this hadith is from both bukhari and muslim two of six major hadith collections uh, they're Sunni Hadith collections, actually, as Sunnis represent, you know, all roughly 90% of Muslims. We'll just stick with that for now. Um, we'll get into the Shia later. So, unless you're particularly hardcore, Sahih and Muslim are sufficient. But the other four c- collections are by Abu Daud, Al Nisa, Al Termini, and Ibn Majah. Again, this is not like the Bible, where Mark or Matthew collect the information. And presented in a nice, readable narrative. The hadith look more like what historians read before they turn it into a book. It's raw historical data. This month's hadith will be the one I just mentioned, the famous Five Pillars of Islam, the social studies version of Islam. This is obviously a Sahih hadith, meaning it's almost surely true. Pillar one, the Shahada, the profession of faith, There is no God but God, and Muhammad is the messenger of God. This is the Islamic baptism, the start of the faith journey, and the acceptance of all that that represents. Proclaiming that there is only one God means far more than simply promising not to offer blood sacrifices to some wooden statue. There is a grander implication here. God is more important than everything. More important than money, more important than status. More important than nationality, even more important than your family. There is no God but God. And that means nothing should ever be elevated to his status. It's actually useful for Christians, too. You know, there is nothing objectionable to any Christian in the first part of the Muslim profession of faith. And I actually use it often in my own life. It's calming, at least in Arabic, and it's instant perspective. La ilaha illallah the essence of the universe, in four simple words. If those four words are true, nothing else really matters. Pillar two, praying the salah, or Salat, depending on pronunciation. There are the fi- These are the five obligatory prayers for Muslims, said daily at specific times. These prayers follow the rhythm of the sun, meaning times can vary wildly depending on latitude and season. These involve specific sayings and movements, including kneeling and full prostration. This is done in community every Friday afternoon, which is obligatory for men. If you've never seen the mad rush to the mosque on a Friday afternoon, it's truly something. I'm sure it's far less hectic in Muslim countries where the day is actually built around the Friday prayers. Um... But these prayers are memorized at a very early age, similar to a Christian memorizing the Lord's Prayer, uh, the Apostles' Creed, or the Hail Mary. Pillar three, paying the zakah, or a zakat, of 2.5%. You can think of it like a tithe, but it's also very, very different than that. For one, it's a wealth tax, not an income tax. Not everyone pays it. It's a percentage of net wealth and savings over a certain amount, and it has to be used in a very specific way. The zakat money cannot be used to renovate the mosque or to buy carpets or send the youth group to camp. It's charity, direct charity. It only goes to the poor and to those in need. Pillar four, the Hajj pilgrimage. When this became obligatory, Few on earth could even conceive of a number as large as a billion, let alone anticipate that a billion Muslims would be visiting Mecca at least once in their lifetimes. This is the only optional pillar, meaning it's only obligatory for those who can truly afford the time and or money. The Hajj is a very specific ritual, done only only once a year at a specific time, complete with ritual clothing and set ceremonies. It centers on the Kaaba, the center of the Islamic universe. The Kaaba is the Qibla, the direction of prayer. Uh, Some fun trivia here. In the northern United States, which is where I live, the Qibla is almost due northeast, just like a baseball diamond. So yes, Mecca is at a more southern latitude, but the shortest distance, using the curvature of the earth, is actually northeast. Pillar 5. Fasting during Ramadan. Exceptions are made for health reasons, but unless you have a good reason, Muslims fast from sunup to sundown. This includes water. Kind of like the space between the daily prayers, this can span a very short period of time or a very long period of time, depending on where you are. And because the month of Ramadan is a lunar month, it will eventually fall during every season. This isn't a huge deal for Mecca, which is closer to the tropics and therefore has more consistent seasonal daylight, but it's quite an ordeal for Muslims in more polar latitudes. In London, for example, the fasting period can range from 7 to 17 hours. One small clarification about this hadith. Uh, This is not the source for things like the shahada and fasting during Ramadan, These things were well known. They're in the Quran and were obvious parts of Islam before Muhammad said these words. It's the simplification of those things and Muhammad highlighting their importance that makes this hadith especially noteworthy. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next time. Inshallah.